You are listening to KMTT, Kimitzion Tetzei Torah, the Torah podcast. Today is Friday, Erev Shabbat Kodesh, Parshat Mishpatim. We have the Erev Shabbat program. This is this is Ezra Beck. Even before we begin today's parsha, Parshat Mishpatim, one of the things which all of us will talk about is the placement of Pashat Mishpatim. It doesn't have, there's no natural, obvious reason why Pashat Mishpatim is where it is. It's a Pasha that deals with laws. And we're basically still in the middle of a story. In other words, the last thing that took place was the giving of the Torah, which also includes laws, the laws that were given at Hasinai. And then afterwards, after the Yasat Adibrat, there's, in the end of Pashat Yitro, you have certain laws which are given, which you can see the connection to. They're very, very essential about Avodah Zarah and about building a Mizbech, which we know will be the next step. After getting the Torah, they're going to build a Mishkan. If you're skipping ahead to the next Pasha, they begin to build a Mishkan. Pasha Turmah, Titzaveh, and Vayakav Pekudai deal with the building of the Mishkan. Pasha Mishpatim, which is immediately appended to the Aset HaDibod, is very, very detailed laws we call civil civil law. The laws of Ben Adam Lachavero. Mishpatim. That's what the word Mishpatim means. Civil laws. So the question is, why is it really here? How does it fit in? And this really occupies a lot of thought in the Fashim, especially since the Pasuk, or the first Pasuk of the Pasha begins with a Vav. Ve'eleha Mishpatim. And Rashi immediately comments that if there's a Vav, it's Mosif Al-Dinyan Mishal. The Vav connects the Pasha to the previous Pasha. God is saying, I give you the set of devote, do A, B, and C, and ve'ele, and also, these are the mishpatim, which Moshe Rabbeinu, you should give them immediately, right away. So there's all the mafashim, we talk about this, what exactly is the placement of this. Just one simple vote, that the Beit HaLevi, Yashaber Salavechik, father of Avchaim, he writes, Pashat Mishpatim comes before Pashat Truma. And the reason is, Mishpatim is about your monetary responsibilities, integrity, honesty. Truma, Truma means donation. Truma is about a person who is voluntarily being generous. Specifically, the Pasha deals with the giving of things to build the Mishkan. But it emphasizes, called the div libo, from the generosity of your heart, you give to Hekdesh, to the Mishkan, to Tzedaka. So, the Beit HaLevi explains, the Pasuk wishes to stress, before a person is generous, and gives Tzedaka, and charity, gives money to Heshul, he uh, endows a, a chair in university in his name, he should check that the money that he's giving is really his. And there is no even possibility or a hint of gezel, of theft, of illegality in the money. Because otherwise, to steal or to acquire money in a not totally honest manner and then give it to tzaka, so we call mitzvah haba'ah ba'avera. There's a natural inclination. It, it, it does happen that Sometimes people who engage in certain shady deals, so afterwards they assuage their unconscious by giving a certain portion to charity. 
So therefore, the, not the Pasuk, the entire Pasha says, first, Mishpatim, it's much more basic. Before you can become a generous donor, first make sure that you're honest. And only afterwards, Tulumah. And as the Pasuk, which Pasuk Mishayahu says, Kishboch is talking about the Geula, how it will take place, Shimru Mishpat, Va'asud Staka, Ki Kerovai Shu'ati Lavo. First of all, observe Mishpat, observe civil law, observe honesty in your monetary manners, and then Asud Staka, and then Ki Kerovai Shu'ati Lavo, the redemption is coming. This Shabbat is Parshat, Parshat Shkalim. We begin now the uh, series of Shabbatot. Four out of the next couple of Shabbatot, out of the next five Shabbatot, are special Shabbatot. We have a special, a special reading. Pashat Shkalim, Pashat Zachor, Pashat Paran, Pashat Achodesh. Pashat Shkalim, we read tomorrow, we read on Shabbat, a uh, section from the beginning of Pashat Kitisa about the giving of Shkalim at the time of the building of the Mishkan, each person gave a chatzi shekel, half a shekel, exactly, no more, no less. Each individual gave it as part of the collection before the building of the Mishkan. Why do we read this Pasha now? Uh, the truth is, everybody, I, I think we've become habituated to the fact that in, in a large majority, I think, of shuls, uh, what happens in Pasha Shkalim is that it's the opportunity for the somebody, a visitor, the local rabbi, to make an appeal for something. In other words, it's so easy. It's just, it just fits in so well into the drasha. You read today about giving money, giving chatzis shekel. Every Jew has to give chatzis shekel to the Mishkan. So, okay, I'm coming for my hundred shekel, thousand shekel for cause A, B, C, D, E, and F. And when I was a little boy, I used to sometimes accompany my father where he'd be invited to some shul within walking distance in order to give the annual appeal for, for something. And I would, I would walk and say, my own head for sure, I had this, not just if I associate Pashat Shkalim with monetary appeals, I associated with long walks, and not always in such warm weather. We may have forgotten what the real Shkalim is about. So I just want to review this uh, quickly. I'm sure most people are familiar with this, and if you know it really well, then, then it'll be, it'll be, uh, it'll be Chazara. There's a Masechet called Masechet Shkalim. And the Masechet is found, the Gemara on that Masechet is found only in the Yerushalmi. And therefore, it is not often learned. But the first Mishnah of Shkalim, which is in the Mishnah, says, Be'echad ba'adar mashmi'im ala Shkalim. This is not, this is not the mitzvah of reading Pashat Shkalim. This is something much more early, much more basic. When the Beit HaMikdash was in existence, as Be'echad ba'adar, on Rosh Chodesh Adar, that will be Monday this year, Mashmi'im ala shkalim. You make an announcement. Everybody should, um, should give, should give shkalim. Betin, the, the people in charge, uh, send messages to all the cities of Israel, and they make an announcement. It's time to give your, it's time to give your shekel. What is this? What is the shekel for? And why now? So the. Uh, the Gemara explains, the Gemara is the Gemara in Rosh Hashanah, Tav Zayin. The Gemara says there um, that you collect once a year Trumat Shkalim. Once a year you collect from each Jew a, a uh, 
שקלים, החצי, חצי שקל. And why is that? This is called תחומת הלשכה. There was a treasury in the Beit HaMikdash, תחומת הלשכה, and the money in that treasury was the source from the funds to buy the korbanot, the korban tamid, the daily sacrifice for the rest of the year. So why is this done in Rosh Chodesh Adar? So the Gemara explains that it's not just a, a practical issue of taxation. Once a year, have a appeal, have a magbit, raise the money for the year. Could be practically it's better to do it once a month. Maybe it's practically it's better to do it once every ten years. It's not a practical question. It's a halacha. It's left in the pasuk. Uh, the pasuk says, "Zot olat chodesh bechodsho lechodshei hashana." The pasuk says, as part of Hashat Tamid and the Kobana Musaf, the daily and the additional sacrifices for each day, "Zot olat chodesh bechodsho lechodshei hashana." Literally means this is the olat. The burnt, uh, the burnt offering of each month, Chodesh Bechodsho, is a idiomatic expression in Hebrew, meaning each and every. The way you say each and every thing in Hebrew is to say the thing and the thing. So each and every month, Chodesh Bechodsho, of the months of the year. It still turns out that the word Chodesh is three times there. So the drasha is, Amra Torah, Chadesh Vahavei Korban Mitrumat they learned from this that the word Chodesh means a month. The word Chadash also means new. In other words, the word for month is new because every month the moon is Mitchadesh. In English the word month comes from the word moon, but in Hebrew the word Chodesh comes from the word Chadash. So, Zot Olat Chodesh Bechotshua means this is the Korban of each month Renew it, l'chotshay ha'shana, renew it every year. So there's a halacha, there's a mitzvah in the Torah, that uh, there should be a terumah chadasha, that korbanot should be brought from the new, from a new collection. When? L'chotshay ha'shana, every, every year. When does the year begin? So the Gemara explains over there that the year begins in Nisan. Gam rishan ha'shana minisan. Tachtev rishon hu lachem l'chotshay ha'shana. As we know, pasuk in parashat. That says the Nisan is the first of the Chodshay Hashana, the same expression as Chadesh Bechotsho, Zotolat Chodesh Bechotsho, Le Chodshay Hashana, Rishon Ulachem, Le Chodshay Hashana. It was just, maybe it should be Tishrei, there's no, it's, it's Nisan. And the Lacha is that it's a mitzvah, let's say the first day of Nisan, the second day of Nisan, the Koban comes from the new Lishka, there could be money left over in the old, in the old Tumat Lishka. Maybe they raised enough money last year that there is motah, there's extra money left over. But the korbanot from Chodesh Nisan and on are brought from the new Truma and not from the old Truma because of this Pasuk. Olat Chodesh Bechotsho, Lechotshe Hashanah, Chadesh Vahavei Korban Mi Truma Chadasha. They quote say, right a little bit afterwards, I'm still on Rosh Hashanah, Dav Zayin Amud Aleph. The Gemara says, Korbanot Sibur, Abaim be'echad b'nisan, mitzvah lahavi mina chadash. Vimavi mina yashan, yatsa, elashachisel mitzvah. The korban is not disqualified if it was bought with the money from last year. However, that's not a mitzvah. So, l'chatchila, what you're supposed to do is, from echad b'nisan, the first day of Chodesh Nisan, you should bring korbanot from the new money. 
Therefore, since you need to have a new treasury established by the first of Nisan, so therefore, Chazal said that the money should be collected one month earlier. You should begin the collection. People have to get the money to Yerushalayim. So the collection is announced, the appeal is announced on Rosh Chodesh Adar, 30 days before Rosh Chodesh Nisan. Uh, and that's why uh, the Mishnah in Shkalim that I quoted, Be'achad Ba'adar, Mashmi'im Al Hashkalim. You announce the coming, uh, the beginning, the opening of the Grand Appeal, so that 30 days later, by Nisan, there should be a serious amount of money. You can keep giving it later on as well. Someone who didn't give by Rosh Chodesh Nisan, uh, gives a month later, two months later. But you want the money to be established, the, the, the Karen, the, the fund should be established by Rosh Chodesh Nisan, therefore they begin 30 days earlier. Today, we do not have the Beit HaMikdash, and therefore we do not have Trumat HaLishka, and therefore we don't actually have a mitzvah of giving money to Trumat HaLishka. There's no place to give it. So the mitzvah of giving a shekel, every Jew should give a shekel to support the Beit HaMikdash, does not exist. The Kriyat Torah of Pashat Shkalim is a zecher, a remembrance to, uh, to the mitzvah of, of Shkalim. To the mitzvah actually giving Shkalim. Now, what is the mitzvah of giving shkalim? Let us go back to the source. As we just saw, it's, there's a halacha, you need a new karen. Two, it's not just a practical matter because money has to come from someplace. So money has to come from someplace so you could just have a tax, add a tax. In fact, the halacha is exactly as the pasha describes it in Kitisa. Everybody gives exactly one chatsi shekel in order to atone for his soul. The Gemara in Shkalim implies that these korbanot, these sacrifices that are brought the whole year, are korbanot sibur. Who, who, who is the person who brings the korban? If I do a sin, I have to bring a korban. There's a concept of being the owner of a korban. The owner meaning the one who's in charge of it. The ba'alim of the korban. If I do a sin, it's my chatat. If I wish to voluntarily bring a korban shlamim, then it's my korban shlamim. There are also things which are called korbanot sibur. Am Yisrael. The Jewish people every day have a korban in the Beit HaMikdash called the korban tamid, in the morning and in the evening, in the afternoon. And on Shabbat there's a musaf, and on Rosh Chodesh there's a musaf, and on Yom Tovim there's a musaf. The owner, the person bringing that korban is Am Yisrael. Not you, not me, and not you and me. Because there's also a possibility of two people bringing a korban, that's called korban hashutfim. You can have two owners of a house, you can have two owners of a korban. Korban sibur isn't owned by a lot of people, say 600,000 Jews. It's owned by the corporate entity called Klal Yisrael. We are members of Klal Yisrael, but we're not individual owners of the korban. The korban is owned, today we would say it's owned by a corporation. It's owned by a collective body that's called Am Yisrael. The Rav always used to, uh, the Rav always used to bring a proof to this concept because certain korbanot, if the owner dies, you cannot bring them anymore. Let's say a korban chatat. It's coming to atone for a sin. If the owner dies before the korban is brought, then the korban cannot be brought because it has no purpose anymore. But korban sibul, you don't care if a lot of people died. If everybody died, theoretically. All the Jews who were present when this korban was made into a korban have died, and their children now grow up, and the korban is still waiting around. You can bring that korban. And the rest of the reason is because the tzibur, 
Am Yisrael didn't die. Individual members died, but Am Yisrael is, is, is trans-temporal. Am Yisrael exists above and beyond any given, any given time. So since the owner of the Korban HaTamid is Klal Yisrael, but how is the owner Klal Yisrael? So the answer is the collection of money of the Shkalim and Chodesh Adar is what relates the Korban to, to us. Not to each and every one of us, but to us as a collective. In other words, by giving, since Am Yisrael has given Chatsi Shekel each person, this money is now public money. And therefore, the public has now bought, has now bought the Korban. So the, the, the participation in the collection of Shkalim in Chodesh Adar is the participation of the individual Jew in the Avodat Beit HaMikdash, in the divine service in the Beit HaMikdash. You know, it's very far from our consciousness because we're used to participating in divine service by davening. So we also go to shul, and we also daven b'tzibur, we daven together. But your participation in tefillat atzibur is tefillat ayachid. I participate in public tefillah by, by actually davening. But remember that the ideal, the original and the ideal version of avodat Hashem is avodat Beit HaMikdash. And there you don't actually do anything. You stay at home. Am Yisrael brings a korban, but you're at home. There are koanim, who are our representatives, and they take care of it. And maybe the truth is it's a whole, it's a whole ceremony because in order that this shouldn't be such a problem, you should have some feeling of connection. So just like the Kohanim had shifts, so Chazal instituted that there should, there should also be shifts of Yisrael. And so every week, different parts of Amisro would be there. They would stand. They'd be present. Ma'amadot, it's called. They'd be present during the uh, sacrifice of the Korban HaTamid so that you could see that the Jews participating. But in reality... Am Yisrael brings the Korban, but the individual Jews aren't doing anything. What is your connection to the Avodat Hashem? Avodat Beit HaMikdash is because it doesn't make a difference. The Korban is yours. Not mine personally. Not yours personally. But it's ours. And why is it ours? How do I exactly establish that ours? By giving this, this shekel. So the concept of Shkalim is very, very important. One halacha lemaisa bizman Beit HaMikdash It's very important when the temple existed. But two, the idea behind it is, is truly essential. It says that there is a body called the Jewish people. And as a body, the Jewish people, there's a relationship with God. Not just you and me, we talk to God. The Jewish people have a relationship with God. And the way that one participates in the Jewish people is by donating to the collective, to the collective cause. That was the Shkalim of every of every single year. What's left to us today of that is Kriyata Pasha. We read the Pasha. Just like in many other areas we say Unishallah Farim Svatenu. the missing um, the missing cows, the missing parim, the missing uh, bulls which we do not sacrifice are made up by our lips. So here too, what we say in our mouths is the best we can do to express the idea that was once fulfilled practically and 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 in reality in and around the Beit Hamikdash, which we lack we do not have today. So Kriat Pashat Shkalim, Pasha that says that you Jews should be giving a Khatsi Shekel. And in fact, even though I you might have thought I was making fun of in the beginning, I think that the fact that for one reason or another 
someone has made sure and attempts to remind us on this Shabbos that we should also really give money to something, not to the Beit HaMikdash. So they have an appeal for something else. But the idea is that contributing to the collect to the collective of Am Yisrael, it's not a day to get stuck to the poor person next year. That's every day. But it's a day to put the money into the common fund of Am Yisrael. So there is no one common fund of Am Yisrael today, because that was the Beit HaMikdash's job. But still, reaffirming our connection to being part of, not an individual, not just an individual, but being part of the collective and, and showing they were part of the collective. And it costs money to be part of the collective. It's a very practical thing. It's not just say, I feel collective. It's, it's sacrificing. It's taking something of my private and transferring it to the collective. Taking my own personal money that I've worked for and giving it to Amisa. That is the message of uh, Shkalim. It's the reminder of Pashat Shkalim. And its ultimate goal is that so that we should be able to participate later on in the service, the Avoda, the Avoda Tashem of Amisal, that I too should be part and parcel of that of that collective. This is how we begin Chodesh Adar. I would say there's no direct connection to Purim. You can probably think of one, but there is no direct connection to Purim. In fact, the connection is to Pesach. It's the connection is to Chodesh Nisan, to the new year. But this is how we begin Chodesh Adar. And from there we proceed to the other mitzvot of Chodesh Adar, which is a month with a lot of mitzvot, getting ready for the month of mitzvot, the month of Pesach, Chodesh, ha- Chodesh HaGeula. Coming back to the Pasha, there's a long list of laws in, in Pasha Mishpatim. It's, it's chock full of halachic, halachic. It's all halacha. Somewhat past the middle, you have a prohibition on bribery in a judicial uh, context. You know what a bribe a judge. And the famous Pasuk says, one of the reasons why you shouldn't do it, why you shouldn't take a bribe. The Torah says that a judge should not take a bribe. You shouldn't give a bribe, but the Pasuk says a judge should not take a bribe. Ki ashohad ya'aver hachamim v'salef divrei tzadikim. Because a bribe blinds the wise and will distort, will falsify the words of tzadikim. Now, the Mephashim are bothered by an obvious question. How can a bribe falsify the words of Tzadikim? Tzadikim don't take bribes. And therefore, they interpret it as very Targum Unkelis, and Rashi brings it, and almost all the Mephashim say that Divrei Tzadikim does not mean what I said it means. It doesn't mean the words of Tzadikim, the words of the righteous. It means righteous words. Divrei Tzadikim, the bribe will distort what otherwise would have been Proper words, straight words. Divrei tzadikim, divrei mitsudakim, Rashi says. In other words, it, 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 it turns a good argument into a bad argument. Uh, the Tagamunka says, milin tritzin, words which make sense. So divrei tzadikim is not the words of tzadikim, but tzadik words. Divrei tzadikim, divarim mitsudakim. 
for those of you who are familiar with Dikduk, it's Smichut. Uh, it's not Smichut, Dvarim Shel Tzadikim, but an adjective. Dvarim Tzadikim, Dvarim Metsudakim. Now it's interesting, if that's true, it didn't occur to anybody to ask a question on the beginning of the Pasuk. Ki Yashochad Ya'aver Chachamim. No one says there, you can't say either, that Chachamim does not mean wise people. Since you don't have a divrei there, you couldn't say there's no there's no other possibility. Ki yashochad yaver chachamim means the shochad blinds the wise. The second of the pasuk and distorts the words of tzadikim. They say it doesn't mean distorts the words of tzadikim. It means distorts tzadik kind of words. Why isn't anybody bothered by? If you think that tzadikim don't take bribes, then why do the wise take bribes? And the answer is obvious. I mean, the question is the answer. It doesn't really occur to anybody to ask that question. The wise can take bribes. A tzaddik, the righteous, cannot take bribes. The reason, I think, is clear. That chokhmah is not one thing. It's not that if you have chokhmah, then you're a chacham. Chokhmah is a lot of things. There are a lot of kinds of chokhmah. And there's no necessary connection between them. Now it's true that in Chazal, and even in Tanakh, Sefer Mishlei, etc., Chokhmah also means the wisdom of Musa, the wisdom of morality. It would be surprising to Chazal to find a person who is wise and totally immoral. But nonetheless, Chokhmah includes many, many things. It's not one thing. And, and therefore, there's no such thing as a Chacham in everything. Or if he is, it's because he's a Chacham in many things. But it's not one chokhmah which covers all things. So therefore it's possible that even though you're a chacham in many areas, specifically in those things connected to being a good judge, you understand Baba Kama, Baba Mitzi, and you know Hashem Mishpat, and you know law, and, and maybe you know a lot of things. You know and you're wise, and you're understanding, but that doesn't mean that you're moral. Or it doesn't mean that you're totally moral. It doesn't mean that you won't have a failing and you accept a bribe. We know, factually that there are people who are not just intelligent, but even wise, not the same thing, but even those people who are wise, and yet they can have very clear moral failings. However, tzidkut is one thing. Righteousness doesn't mean that you're righteous in one area, not in another. That, that's, that's not righteousness. That, that needs another explanation. A person who is righteous, a person who has a fine moral sense, it's, it's one thing, it's in, every, it's in every area. Some are more, some are less, but the person who is righteous this person who is opposed to taking bribes. And if he does take a bribe, he's no longer considered to be righteous. And therefore, Ya'ver Chachamim, yes, he was wise, and it may surprise you. So why can't he take a bribe? Won't he be wise afterwards? If he takes a bribe, it'll distort his wisdom. It'll blind his wise eyes. You should know that. It's not merely morally wrong to take a bribe. But when you take a bribe, you will no longer be so wise. It will, insidiously, under the skin will distort your understanding. But tzaddikim, you can't possibly distort the words of tzaddikim by giving them a bribe, because you can't give a bribe to tzaddikim. And therefore the Mephashim explain that the Pasuk means something else. As, a, as an afterword, just want to mention, the Ibn Ezra explains differently. I specifically mention this because Monday, Rosh Chodesh Adar, is the yard site of the Ibn Ezra. Sometimes we should uh, remember yard site very, very old ones. It's been quite a few hundred years. And I don't think he has grandchildren who are remembering him and saying Kaddish on the day. But 
We all learned a lot from the Ibn Ezra. This Monday is the Yatsa of the Ibn Ezra. The Ibn Ezra says that uh, he has a different explanation. The Salaf Divrait Sadiqim, Sadiqim doesn't necessarily mean righteous. Or it doesn't mean righteous in mitzvahs. He says here that Sadiqim at Sadiqim b'mishpat v'lal b'mitzvot. In other words, you're in a judicial context here. The, the, there are two parts, there are two sides in every uh, trial, in every lawsuit. There's the tzaddik and the rasha. It doesn't mean the person who is good and the person who is bad. It means the person who is right, the person who is wrong. So, the salaf devet tzaddikim means it will distort the words of the, of the correct side, of the one who is tzaddik in this particular lawsuit. And therefore, there's no problem. It doesn't mean, the fact that he took a blood doesn't mean he was a tzaddik. He wasn't a tzaddik before either. But he would have given correct judgment. And instead of that, he gives incorrect judgment. Uh, and therefore, the tzaddik b'mishpat, his words have been distorted and, uh, and not, and not maintained in their, in their, in their innocence, in their, in their correctness. And that's even Ezra's tribe. It's against almost all Mephashim. Uh, who simply say that the great Sadiqim is not the words of the the correct or the righteous, but correct and righteous and righteous words. And I would just uh, conclude, our time is almost up, by uh, an interesting both halacha and medrash found in today's parsha. One of the things in the parsha is ganavim, people who steal. There's a mechilta here on the parsha that lists different kinds of stealing, different kinds of ganavim, aside from the obvious kind, people who take things. So there's Gonev Dat, people who steal other people's minds. Meaning they fool them. They have, they have seven levels there. And then the Mechilta says in the end, after giving the seven forbidden kinds of stealing, it says, Aval. I'm going to read it in Hebrew because the words are unclear and that's part of the question here. Aval. Hamidganev achar chavero. He who, oh, how do you translate mitganev? He who steals about after his friend. V'holech v'shoneh pirko. And he goes and he learns the the Torah of the other person, of his friend. He's called a Ganav. But, he merits that which he has acquired. Pasuk in Mishle, very surprising Pasuk in Mishle, that says, we do not despise or we do not shame the Ganav when he steals. The thief when he thieves. So this is talking about this kind of a thief. One who steals about after his friend and goes and learns his Torah. In the end, he will be appointed a leader of the community and he will pay out. He will give them that which is in his hands. So what is this talking about? Who is this person who steals after his friend and goes and learns his parak? Uh, the Gra, in a uh, comment in Chosh Mishpat, said this is the source for halacha that's actually quoted in the Ramah. that says that if someone gives you a book of his chidushim, he wrote, he wrote a sefer. And the book is by you. You're allowed to read it. And you can even copy out. You can even copy out the chidushim. In other words, there's no isa to steal Torah. It doesn't say you're allowed to publish it under your own name. But there's no Esau, it's not, it's not his, Torah belongs to all of us. So if someone has notes, he wrote a little notebook, you're allowed to read it, and learn from it, and then it becomes part of your Torah, you acquire it. And that's what this is talking about. He sneaks after his friend, you know, like he's, he's like looking over his shoulder, 
Volech b'shoneh perko, and he repeats, he memorizes, he learns the parak of the other one. He learns the Torah of the of the friend. So he's called the Ganav. But he's a good Ganav. That's how the Gural learns. Uh, there's another Pshat that was once given. Uh, it's a story. Evelio Milakovsky was a student of Brisk, of in, in Europe. And Rav Chaim, Rav Chaim Briska invited him. He was a very well-known Darshan. He's a great speaker. So Rav Chaim invited him to give the Hesbid for Rav Yitzhak and Spekta in Brisk when Rav Yitzhak died. Rav Yitzhak and Spekta was basically the Gadol Adar. He was the, he was the chief rabbi of Eastern Europe. Rav of Kavna. Uh, for instance, the most difficult Shailas was Shailot of Agunot. A woman whose husband has disappeared and you have to be, you have to decide whether or not she can get remarried. Very difficult, weighty questions. So people would answer these questions, of course. But it was the common minog. There are many, many tshuvot that say, okay, my opinion is that she is mutar if Avitz Kocharan agrees with me. And then the tshuva would be sent to Avitz and he would like put a stamp on it. He was the leader of Eastern European Jewry. So he died. Rav Chaim invited Rav Yal Milakovsky to give the hespit for him in Brisk. And this is what he said. He said he knows that when Avitz was a little, was a young, was a young lad, he was learning in Volkovisk, city of Volkovisk. Uh, by Rabbi Yaman Diskin, and he used to learn the base Medrash there, and he had a Chavusa, who also became later on a famous Rav. And they would learn very, very late at night, and they would walk home. What Zohan would do, he would walk home with his friend, he would drop his friend off, and then he would go back to the base Medrash and keep learning for another couple of hours. So, Rabbi said, that's the Pshad here. He sneaks after his friend, meaning that he was walking with his friend, and he claimed that he was going to sleep like him because he didn't want his friend to feel bad. He said, okay, we're both tired. We're going to go to sleep. And then he went, meaning he went away. He learned his own parak, not his friend's parak. After he dropped his friend off, he snuck back stealthily to the Beit Midrash and learned another parak, even though he's called a Ganav because he sort of fooled his friend. He like stole these extra minutes. But that's a good Ganav. Lo yavuzu ganav ki yignov, and this is what happened to Yitzchak in the Basof. In the end, he's appointed over the community. Yitzchak became the Rav of Kavna. because he had this extra hours of Torah that he had stolen. He had stolen from the night. He had stolen from his friends, so to speak. He had stolen from where it shouldn't have been. That's why he was able to give over to others that which he had, that which he had acquired. Okay, our time is up. That's all for today. I'm wishing you a Shabbat Shalom. Kol tov. We'll be back next week, of course, for a regular schedule of KMTT. Remember to tell your friends. I remind you every now and then, in case you haven't told anybody recently. Seems amazing that you haven't told anybody this week. Tell somebody new. Spread the word. Have a good Shabbat. Chodesh Adar begins next week. The other halacha of Chodesh Adar that I didn't mention is Mishinachnas Adar Marbim B'Simcha. When Adar begins, you're supposed to have more Simcha. The Gemara gives no practical explanation of what that means. As opposed to Mishinich Av, when the Chodesh Av begins, Mema'atim B'Simcha, you have less joy. And there there are practical listings in the Gemara, what that means. But by Chodesh Adah, there is no practical listing. But it's still a halacha. So, be happy. Enjoy. Get ready for Purim. Get ready for Pesach. And we'll be back next week. You'll be back next week. I'll be back next week. We'll all be back next week to learn together in KMTT. Kimitzion. Tetzei Torah, Udvar Hashem, Mi Shabbat Shalom, Vechol Tov.